0: all the bit of like 38 minutes to give you everything that's in my left leg right now. It's a whole bunch of excitement and a whole bunch of like revelation because... Today, we are starting a brand new series called Marked. And um, some of you um, may not know this, but this time last year, the weekend after Easter, God gave me a tremendous opportunity to speak at Elevation Church. And I spoke this message marked. And um, I'm so grateful for Pastor Stephen and Pastor Holly for giving me that opportunity and the platform to speak because God did something that none of us could do. I spoke the message marked. I never spoke it here our church or anything. God told me to speak it there on a global stage. And literally it went viral. Like literally over 1.4 million people watched that message. People are literally texting and emailing. Okay. How many of y'all saw Mark? To anybody like see Mark? Like, okay. There's several people in this room that saw it. And, and the crazy thing about it is when I did that message, that was one message that God gave me out of like eight or nine. And he told me to condense it and do it all in one sermon. And so for the first time, like I've been waiting for God to release me to be able to speak this entire message of series. But I'm about to unfold this thing like an accordion. I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to get you some revelation that changed my life. And I believe it's going to change yours because I came to tell you that you are marked by God, that no matter what your season is right now and no matter what you've been through and no matter what you think you're about to face, God has marked you for purpose. He's marked you for impact, he's marked you for destiny, and he's marked you for transformation. I know there's people in here right now who feel like maybe their best days were behind them, or you feel like what you're facing right now was meant to take you out. Lies! I came to tell you that when God placed his hand on you, when he called you before he was formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, he called you, he put his DNA on you, I'm hyped already. And there is something that God wants to get to the earth through you. Yeah. Not through your neighbor, not through anybody else. There's something specific that God has called you to do. And many of you may be feeling underqualified or you may feel like you're not worthy of it. But I came to revive your faith today and let you know that where you are is a part of the plan that God has for you because you're marked by God. I dare somebody to just yell it out. Say, I'm marked. I you ain't even say it like you meant it. Dare say it I'm marked. I'm telling you over this next few I don't know when this series is going to end. Let me let me be very clear. Okay? We got it marked for a certain number of weeks. If you don't like Mark, come check back with us in July because we Because if the people of God could ever get that what you're going through is not the summation of what God's doing in your life and that he called you for something bigger than what you're experiencing right now, you would be able to stand in the face of giants and be able to yell at them, I'm marked. Come on, somebody say it. I'm marked. So this series about marked, if you know anything about it, it centers around the, the life of David. The, the, the life, the leadership, and the lessons we can learn from David. And so um, I, I really wanted to go and talk about David today. But the Holy Spirit arrested me. He said, um, David wasn't the first person I marked. Come on, that's it. He said, we talk about David all the time. He slew Goliath and he was going to be the king of Israel. But he was, he, he was the second choice. To be the king of Israel, nobody talks about this a lot, but he was he was the Robin to the Batman. Wow, wow. Okay. David was David was really like the 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 Scottie Pippen to the Chicago Bulls. You hear what I'm saying? Like he wasn't the Michael Jordan, he was the Pippen of the Bulls. like, like he wasn't the first one. David will go, and his epitaph will be a man after God's own heart. Yeah. But that wasn't the first time God tried to give that mantle to somebody He's just the one that actually did what it took to carry the mantle But today I want to talk about the person that was supposed to be the guy we were talking about today Uh huh. I, I want to talk about Saul Because a lot of people play Saul like he's the one that chased David and, and wanted to kill him and all this other stuff Yeah, yeah, that, that's who he became But that's not who he started out as. Uh Saul was marked by God to be the first king of Israel. He was the man. The Bible tells us that he stood head and shoulders over everybody else. The Bible tells us that he was supposed to rule for a long time, that he was going to his his family would be established over and over. He's got the same anointing that David got. He was the one that was supposed to do it. But for some reason, he disqualified himself from being marked by God. Wow. Before we start shouting that I'm marked and God's going to take me to the palace and I'm here on purpose. You may be already in position and you're disqualifying yourself right now from what God has called you to do. I know you don't even understand it yet. Because you got to realize that us going to our next level or going to the place of purpose or doing what God's called us to do. That's our entrance. That's us coming into something. But the first point I want you to write down right now. Some exits are destined. Others are disqualifications. Some exits are destined. But other exits are disqualification. The reason that Saul was not the great king that we wanted, that God wanted him to be, is not because God wanted him not to be it. It was because he disqualified himself from the fullness of what God had called him to. And so I just felt like it was proper for us to start this series, not just talking about where God's taken us to, but maybe we need to evaluate who we're replacing. Maybe we need to evaluate why this hasn't already been done. See, the reason God's blessing transformation church right now is not because he he has had a shortage of trying to find somebody to say yes to him. He's been trying to get this thing that we're doing, a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multiplying church in our city. He's been trying to do this in our city. I know for at least the last 50 years. I know specific things, but when men and women do not fully answer the call of God on their life, God will not negate his plan for your negligence. Oh my God. He will, he will not, he will give you opportunity after opportunity and ask you to humble yourself and come to me. But when your heart becomes hard, he says, I got to go to somebody else. And I want you to know that us being marked is not because we are so great. It's because God's trying to get something done on the earth. Until people will submit fully to his plan, not halfway, not try to keep all your ideals and his ideals, but stay in the place where he's called you to be. You can disqualify yourself from God's best for your family, for your business, for your marriage. And I just wanted to tell you that you are marked. But maybe maybe we need to pay attention to why it didn't happen with our mom. Why it didn't happen with our boss. I I need you to hear me say this. I'll just say it like this so you can get it. Your entrance is somebody else's exit. Whenever you become whoever you're going to become, somebody else is vacating that. And sometimes it's because it was destined to happen. Me and Bishop had a transition that i'm no longer uh, i 'm no longer the, the the executive pastor, I became the lead pastor, and he became the pastor emeritus and We have a meeting every Wednesday and talk about what 's going on in the church and how god 's doing things and things I need to correct, but that transition was destined. Before this church ever started, yeah, yeah. that's why God started me out here as the sound man six years before I would ever touch a platform because He was divinely orchestrating things that He had already destined. You think you're at where you're at on accident? God is divinely orchestrating and putting pieces together that you don't even know. The people you don't like right now, those are the people that God is positioning while you're still at that job. You you at. Those are the strategic thing. Uh, God's not playing checkers. He's playing chess. And, and, and he's six moves ahead of you. And while you're complaining about why you don't want to move off this spot, God's saying, you better listen to me. You better get in the place that you're supposed to be because I'm divinely orchestrating your life. And so that transition was destined. But There's other transitions that are disqualifications. And I'll just keep using the pastor analogy that there are many pastors out here disqualifying themselves. Yes, sir. From what God has called them to do, because they allowed people praising them and money and 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 fame to be able to devalue. Part of the reason I'm preaching this is because I'm standing in a spotlight right now that the, the enemy would love for me to get caught up in the light and not stay on my knees, and, and, and so I have. I have to preach stuff. I, I, don't, I feel the presence of God right now. I got to preach stuff that works on my flesh. I got I to gotta know that I can either be David or I can be Saul. Oh, y'all got to hear me. You got to know that nobody in here is excluded from being either called by God and finishing the assignment or called by God and disqualifying yourself. Nobody is exempt. Come on. I don't care that you got a whole bunch of degrees. You're not exempt. I don't care if you got an accountability board. Nobody's exempt. You have to make a decision every day that you're going to the person, the one, the only one who called you to the position. And that's God. Well, Pastor Mike, I don't have no position. You're a husband, aren't you? No. Yeah. 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 You're a son, aren't you? You're a daughter, aren't you? You're a child of God, aren't you? Every role that God gives where there is somebody breathing, you have been called to an area of leadership. And God's saying, I need you right now to know I marked you. I put my DNA on you. I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did last week. I don't care what's happened to you. My hand is on your life. But now you have the opportunity to take my hand off your life. Or you have the opportunity to fulfill the purpose i called you to somebody say i'm marked I. okay 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 so I have to tell you this because a lot of people didn't know Saul was marked, but I want to show it to you in first Samuel chapter nine, verse 17. Um, Samuel was a prophet at the time and he's the one that's giving the word of the Lord. Cause at this time Jesus hadn't come and people couldn't have a relationship with God for themselves. So they had to speak through prophets and different things like that. So Samuel was a prophet of the day and Samuel goes to, um, um, meet up with Saul and look what the Lord says about him. He says, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, who said the Lord. the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people my wow. Wow. like that one right there. Yeah. Yeah. He's marked her right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know her hair is messed up, but she's marked yes. yeah. him right there. Yeah. In the family that's broken and it doesn't look like anything's going to come out of that. He's Mark. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been a hoe for a long time, but now she's turning into a holy. That, that's the one. Oh, y'all, y'all don't. He was not looking at their past. He was looking at their future. And I need somebody to hear me say this right now. God is not concerned as much about your past if you allow him into your present because he knows. Be a bright future. And somebody needs to understand that. You're marked. But 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 I had this funny thing happen to me in high school. I took AP English, and uh, that, that was stupid. <laughs> but one of the things that they told me to do in AP English is we always had to write in pen. And I was like, that's dumb, okay? First off, the reasons why writing in pen is dumb is because what if I make a mistake? Like, you got us writing all these essays and all this other stuff, and I self admit I am not the best speller. You hear what I'm saying? And y'all can judge me if you want to, but there is not a spelling bee to get into heaven. and so I'm not the best speller and so I, I, I took pride in getting it right by the end but I didn't know what my drafts was going to look like so writing in pencil felt comfortable for me because I could erase it and then do it again but then he said you always have to write in pen and I wanted to hit him because, because he wanted to, us to get used to our words being permanent <laughs> So so what ended up happening is In AP English I still couldn't spell that good So I had to have something To help me Correct my mistakes And some of y'all too young to know anything about this But there were these things called whiteout pens Y'all know what I'm talking about and and, and then they start getting real sophisticated and they had like this little white out like strip thing. Okay, I haven't used it in a long time, but back then I literally had an arsenal of them. I looked like I was going to a western and I was like Woo! I just had white out things cuz I was going to be marking all through my paper. But but what ended up happening is when I made a mistake, I had to white out my mistake the title of today's message is really what God had to do with Saul because Saul was the one it was what he wanted to say it's what he wrote down permanently it's what he wanted to be there but then he had to look at heaven and say where's the white out cause something I meant to be there he said he disqualified himself and now I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to white him out of his destiny I'm gonna have to white him out. I didn't want him to do that. The same way God's saying, if you don't keep sleep, if you don't stop sleeping around with these people, you're gonna make me white out the purpose that I called you to. If you don't actually get the heart of generosity that I've been blessing you year after year after year after year, and you still won't give anything, he said, I'm gonna have to white. The reason I blessed you is because I wanted you to be the one that blessed these people. But because you won't obey me, I'm about to have to white out the thing I've called you to do. I wanted it to be permanent. But I guess I made a mistake, and this is what happened with Saul—that he had to call for the whiteout. So, so, so let me let me prove it to you, because <laughs> some of y'all are sitting here like, "Huh?" I thought the gift was out without, without repentance. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's not. It, it, yeah, the gift—the gift is going to be there. Saul messes up in his first five years. God takes his anointing off of him, but he rules for forty-two. Yeah. You can still be in position without God's approval. Yeah. Wow. You can still be leading. That's right. And God says, you're just toiling. I, I've already put my blessing on somebody else while you're still up here acting like you high and mighty. You wouldn't take a position of repentance or humility, but you took a position of pride. So keep thinking you're doing your thing. <laughs> keep acting like you the man. He said, but I've taken my approval, my anointing off of what you do. And so he was still able to function, but he had no approval from God. And I wonder how many of us are trying to be wives and husbands and students and co-workers. In places Where we have no anointing from God It just seems like stress and strain and struggle And God said I didn't mean for you to live like that I wanted you to walk in my perfect plan for your life But you decided to invite me out And so now you're having to do that for yourself And so today my passion is that if God God had to do it for, for Saul The one he chose Remember it said the Lord said He's the one So nobody can disqualify you except you. it. It didn't matter what the people thought. It didn't matter what anybody else thought. God called Saul, but Saul didn't know the value of his call. Do you know the value of your call? Do you know that it's so valuable that you're at the place you're at? It's so valuable that God's given you the kids you have. It's so valuable that you went through nine years of college. Why? I don't know either. But I'm just saying that everything, everything in your life, my Bible says all things. Everything that happens is working together for the good of those who are called and that love him. And so all I'm telling you is there's a reason. But but I just want to help you through Saul's life just real quick of being able to avoid the things that white you out by God. So so let me tell you the first thing that wipes you out your own view of yourself. Your own view of yourself would disqualify you and white you out from the plan of God. See you were marked. But if you don't get the right view of yourself, you'll mark yourself out. Let me prove it to you because God had had said, yeah, it's you. You're the one in verse 17 that I'm going to use. You'll be the first king of Israel. You're going to be the first one in your family to be able to go through the poverty line and come out on the other side. You're going to be the first one in your family to stop the generational courses of divorce. You're going to be the first one. He said, I'm going to choose you. But look at, at Saul's response. Verse 21, Saul replied, but I'm only. Wow! Stop there. Because how many times has God tried to give you another level of his blessing, his anointing, his favor, and his entrance? And your first thought is, but, but I'm only. But I haven't had. But nobody knows. His first view of himself. Look what he said. But I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin. The smallest tribe in Israel. Comparison. And my family is the least important of all the families of the tribe. Huh? Why Why are you talking to me like this? Like, like, God, there are more talented and gifted and there are more smart and there are more connected people. Why? Why are you even? Why are you even talking to me like this? And God said, I never asked you to be qualified. I never asked you to be qualified when I called you. I just said will you answer the call because if you answer the call I will qualify you You do not have to know everything you need to know before you get into what God has called you to do You just have to walk with the one who knows everything that you need And too many people are sitting on the sidelines of their purpose Because God said you and you're saying but I'm only And I came to come against insecurity Your view of yourself, depression. Yeah, you messed up in the past, but God says my grace and my mercy are due. Every morning, every time you wake up, every time you rise, I will give you a fresh chance to be able to do what I called you to do. And we are waking up every morning saying, but I'm only. But I've only been to this and I've only do y'all know I have six months of high quality Tulsa Community College education. I'm talking about premium. That's my girl right there. Premium. Do you know how many degrees people say you have to have to stand on the platform that I stand on right now? And do you know how many people would say don't listen to him because he hasn't done this, 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 and this. And I don't even care no more. No, 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 no. Cause I know people with, with more degrees than a thermometer that don't have nobody listening you a Facebook phenomenon with your family <laughs> all, all I'm telling you is I'm proof that you don't gotta be qualified to answer the call of God but you have to answer the call and God's looking for some people who will divorce their own perspective of themselves, so that he can get purpose into your life. Well, I've always been shy. Mm, Okay, cool. That's fine. But is you holding on to being shy more important than you fulfilling your purpose? I heard somebody say something that messed me up forever. Forever. That your personality is the thing that you can never let forfeit your purpose. A lot of people hold on to their personality. like This is just the way I am. No, that's the way you're choosing to stay. Nobody has to stay the way they are. And Saul was defeated already because God said, you're king. You're marked. You're the one. And he said, but I'm only. And I'm saying that this is the start of you being whited out when God says, I want you to run the organization. And you say, but I, but I'm only, and God said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you know who's on your side though? Because if I be for you, no, tell me, no, I'll wait. If I be for you, then who, who can be against you? Who can, who can tell you this is not possible? And, and, and Saul never recalibrated his thinking. And so that was the start of him being whited out at the moment he was anointed. What happens when God is trying to give you purpose and all you're doing is being pessimistic? Like, like, like he's trying to give you Purpose. And all you can do is be pessimistic. You might as well have faith. You might, I mean, if you don't do it, you'll still have the same thing that you have right now. Like, like you might as well supply faith to it. And God, God, you said I'm going to be a CEO and I'm going to run half of the city's energy? (laughs) <laughs> call me CEO <laughs> like like, get a name badge and put it on your desk at your apartment do something to enlarge your faith to agree with God to come against the doubt in your life but Saul didn't figure that out so he started his whiteout process let me give you point number two what, what begins to show that you're going to be whited out or what whites out your your position is the pride of your position pride is a killer Y'all know pride is the original sin, right? Yes. That's what that's what not Adam and Eve, Lucifer. The original sin when he got kicked out of heaven is because he was so prideful that what he was supposed to be giving to God, the glory and the praises, he was a worship leader in heaven. He stood in the place, the position. He took a position of pride and scooted over just a little bit so that he could receive some of the praise. And at the moment it happened, he fell from heaven like lightning, the Bible says. He he said because, uh, no, 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 that's why you get the expression pride comes before the... That came from Lucifer His pride Was the immediate um, um, The immediate reaction Was a fall yeah. And so what ends up happening is Saul does the same thing first Samuel chapter 13 verse 7 he's anointed as king he's he's now Samuel gives him an instruction and and he says hey I want you to go down to Gilgal and I want you to wait for me there because I'm about to give you a lot of victories and you're about to win all these battles but I need you to wait because we need to make a sacrifice to God because we don't want to go into these battles without God on our side so I want you to wait for me no matter what it looks like wait for me No matter what's coming against you wait for me no matter who's telling you we need to do something new wait for me and then we will offer a sacrifice to God and you'll win the victory but look what happens it said Saul stayed at Gilgal and his men were trembling in fear this is why it's so crazy when you have people around you who are fearful it's not it's not a real good thing because fear is the breeding ground for foolishness Oh, I can't even stay there But when people scared, y'all know people do stupid stuff when they scared. Y'all, anyway. It said Saul waited there seven days for Samuel as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away because they were fighting a battle. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. I'm the king. I should be able to do this. I'm a parent. I should be able to do this. I got enough education. I should be able to do this without God. Come on. Come on, I got a financial degree. I should, be able, I should be able to do this without God. He said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering. Look at this cuss word, himself. What are you doing that God wants to be a part of and you are doing yourself? Come on, well, I mean, it's just a relationship. I'm just hooking up with this girl. I mean, we just trying to figure out if we're married and you don't got no godly accountability and you don't have nobody in your life with wisdom and you're trying to get married and do this thing yourself. I'm telling you, there are too many people who know God but relegate him to the Sunday experience and, and not in their life. And so a lot of us are doing things ourselves. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've been in this business for 22 years before I came to Christ. So I should be able to keep running this. No, baby, when you're in Christ, you become a new creature and you get a new master, a new ruler. If you did it without him before this, now you have to do it with him. And he's saying, but you're still choosing to do it yourself. Now watch what happens. He chose to do it himself. Just as Saul finished doing what he was doing, Samuel arrived. Just before, oh, just before God was about to show up, he took it. We took it. Upon ourselves to make our own way. Could I, could I suggest that God's closer to fixing your situation than you believe? And what's happening is we're getting impatient. And we're looking at the enemy coming against us and what we've lost and what is slipping away. And it's making us base our decisions in fear instead of faith. And God said, I'll meet you here in seven days. But it's, it's, it's the seventh day. He said, but the, the day just started. <laughs> There's more of the day. I won't let the eighth day come and I didn't meet you. I, I won't let Seven. And because we get disgruntled and frustrated with the process and the plan of God, then we start doing things ourselves. And right when we do it, God shows up. And so what happens is uh, Saul, he's like, oh, shoot, I need to go meet him. He run out there. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Sammy? What's going on, bro? Uh, he said, Saul went out to meet him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Hey, bro, let me... Okay, hold on. Just wait one second. Okay, let me tell you what happened. I saw the men scattering from, you know, the camp, and you didn't arrive. I mean, let's be honest. You didn't arrive. When you said you would, and the Philistines, look at them. They're huge. They down at McMash, ready to big bash, and I, I... You know what I'm saying? So I said... The Philistines are ready to march against Gilgal, and I haven't even asked the Lord for his help. So I just thought, I, you know what I'm saying? I was compelled to offer out the burnt offering myself before you came. Look what Samuel said. How foolish. How foolish to try to run that business without God! How foolish to try to do that marriage without Him! How foolish of you to try to raise those kids without me! How foolish of you to try to complete college without me! How foolish of you of trying to start the nonprofit in my name without me! How foolish of you, Samuel Gain, You have not kept the commands the Lord gave you, you and have had you have kept them? Had you have done what I said, had you have served in the house of God, had you have given your life and sacrifice and done what I asked you to do with with your finances, had you had done it, I would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. His plan was to mark Saul and his family line would be in there till today. But one man's disobedience disqualified his whole family. You got to realize that what God's called you to is bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to understand that a moment of, of good feeling is not worth the future of your ancestors. God is trying to tell you. He said, but now your kingdom must end. Yeah. I must wipe you out. Hey. I, I, I marked you. I wanted it to be forever. I wanted it to be permanent. Yeah. But now I got to wipe you out. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own Heart. Remember, that's what's going to be on David's epitaph, a man after God's own heart, but he wanted it to be Saul. What has God had to skip over us for? Because we wouldn't be people after his own heart. Because we'd be more committed to Facebook than faithfulness. Because we wouldn't take the time and seek his face while he may be found. We would want people to like us temporarily. In places, God's saying, I, I got a plan for you that would establish you forever. He said, but if you want to do this temporary stuff, then I got to wipe you out. He said, the Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people. He, it, no, 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 I missed one. It said, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. This is the exact moment where God starts calling on David. They're not even in the same place. But I imagine something like this, that David's in picking up sheep poop right now. He's in a very lowly position, being humble and doing what he was asked to do. And God just drops something in his heart. I'm going to make you a leader of many. It looks, looks like I'm a leader of manure, Lord. <laughs> but he said, that's what qualified you. It's because you'll do the things when nobody's looking. And be faithful and integrous. When there's no cameras around, when nobody's going to clap for you, he's he's whiting out one while he's dropping vision in another. He he's he's one is disqualifying himself while one through service is qualifying himself. And this is when it happens. He said the Lord has already appointed him to be a leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's commands. I got to hurry. What wipes you out? Third thing from Saul's life. Partial obedience. Uh, Because you know partial obedience is what? Disobedience. Yeah, it it is. Y'all know when y'all try to do kind of what God says or kind of what your parents say, but you still do your own thing? That's disobedience. And and the kids, I know I would always used to be like, but I did. And they would always say, but you didn't do this. This is what God is saying here. Um, uh, What ends up happening is, the end game, <laughs> pun intended, the, the end game of your purpose never happened suddenly. He would reign for another 30 some odd years, but he ended his effectiveness when he disobeyed. So people from the outside still saw the crown, still saw the people, still saw the perceived impact but he knew, as well as Samuel knew, as well as God knew. He's no longer the one. And what ended up happening is he's still in place, and God was trying to give him opportunities to repent. See, God's a good guy. Somebody be like, why would God just end it like that? He left him in charge for 42 years. He still gave him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent and obey he he got so caught up in his pride yeah. the pride of his position that then when God asked him to do something it would only be partial obedience let me tell you first Samuel chapter 15 verse 7 you can look at it on your own time but long story short when ended up happening is God told Samuel to tell Saul hey go kill all the Amalekites they have done everything wrong that I told them go kill everybody the whole thing they goats they pigs kill everybody and that's what I want you to do guess what Saul did Saul went in there and killed everybody except the king and he took all of the good livestock and possessions and he brought them back as their bounty he did everything except what in your life have you done everything except he said be single for this next season and you did it for 9 months except it was your birthday (laughs) oh come on let's be real he told you to get your finances in order and you paid all your debts except you wanted a new car it ain't me it's the word (laughs) told you to spend more time with your family and take the pay cut and you did it all except <laughs> obey him wow. and he's saying what why, why didn't you why didn't you fully obey me you started on the road, but you partially obeyed me. And this is what it says. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from, from all these places. Verse 8, and he captured guy the king. And he said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to keep everybody, but I'm not going to destroy it. Verse 10, then the Lord said to Samuel, look what the Lord said to Samuel. I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king. What happens when God hates that he chose you? should have never I should have never chosen I I saw their potential I saw what they were gonna do but in their heart they were prideful they didn't even think of themselves how I told them I thought of them and they did not obey me they did a little bit of it I wish I wouldn't have never put them in place do you know how devastating it is when God says I messed up I wrote something down that I wanted to be permanent But now I gotta pull out the whiteout because they won't do what I've asked them to do. I gotta find somebody else. And my cry for my life and for Transformation Church, the reason I'm preaching this is because the enemy wants me to look at the lights that, that the world is shining on me right now. But I am Saul and I am David. They were both marked. But it's what I do with the decision that God has given me that either qualifies me for greatness or disqualifies me for my purpose. And some of y'all are sitting up you're so prideful thinking it's for somebody else you're on your way down because y'all know pride was the first sin not Adam and Eve, Lucifer the reason he got kicked out of heaven is because he was supposed to be conducting worship to God and he just scoot over just a little bit and got in the place where he could receive some of the worship and at the moment he was prideful enough to think he deserved it the Bible says it like this I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning that's where the phrase the pride comes before the fall and what I'm telling you right now the thing that begins to white us out of our destiny is when All of us, and we're all susceptible to it, only obey God partially. This is the beginning of the end for him. God says he's not been loyal to me, and he's refused to obey my commands. Y'all, I don't want us to end up like Saul. I don't want what God wants for your family and your purpose and your destiny, I don't want any of it to be whited out, and God says, now I gotta find somebody else, I put my money on them, I put my hand on them I put i put my anointing on them, but they won't do it my way because they'd rather be comfortable than called they, they'd rather make people happy than me happy and so I gotta I got go find somebody else, and the crazy thing about this whole story Is that God does not take Samuel, or does not take Saul out of position? He leaves them there. And he gives them another opportunity to to turn. And so David comes on the scene, and we'll find out about David in later weeks of the series. That now, because Saul's not doing what he's supposed to do, God marks David, and David comes in, and David like slays Goliath, and, and everybody. We already know the groupie starts singing the song, and, and 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 he's like David, everybody like David, everybody say David, come on help me say David. It said David in ten thousand saw 1000 and Saul heard this and he was like I hate the song number one and I'm about to kill David <laughs> I, I promise you that's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 18 because what wipes out what whites out the purpose of God in your life is when you start comparing callings When God has called you to a place, but then you start looking at somebody else, God's blessing. And you're comparing your calling to somebody else's calling. This is the sheer sign that you're about to be whited out of the purpose that God's called you to. He said, what's for you is for you. What I have for you is for you. You got to come back to me for it. And what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 8, it says, this made Saul very angry. What is this? They credit David with 10,000 and me with 1,000. Next, they'll be making him their king. Saul dumb because God had already anointed David as king. He was worried about what people were going to do instead of what God had already done. He was worried about the people going to make him king. He said, baby, (laughs) you missed it. And that's what pride will do. Pride will blind you to your downfall. You'll be thinking you're standing somewhere doing something great and everybody around you is seeing they just going down and down. He thought the people were the one that put him in position, but it was God the whole time. And God came to tell somebody right now who has been fighting comparison that when you start in comparison, jealousy enters into your heart and jealousy is a sure sign that you're about to spend your end days chasing something that was never for you anymore and that's how Saul spends the end of his life chasing David until he kills himself remember what I said at the beginning the only person who can stop you from reaching your destiny and calling is who? when God marks you when God calls you he's the only one who can do that and never take it away. That's why the gifts come without repentance. Yeah, yeah. He said, I marked you. He said, but you disqualified you. Cause you don't, you don't view yourself how I view you. You started building your pride in the position I gave you instead of, instead of me. You obeyed me partially. You gave a little bit, you came sometimes. You sometimes, you did just enough. And he said, impartial obedience is disobedience. And then you started comparing your calling to other people. And the crazy thing about this is why I'm preaching this with so much passion. is because God told me, he said, Michael, we all got some Saul. Every single one of us, including the one speaking, we all got some Saul in us. We all got a part of us that wants to do it without God. We all got a part of us that wants to partially obey. We all got a part of us. And God said, Michael, we're going to be talking about being marked and all this other stuff. He said, but there's some people in this room right now that, that really think that I forgot about them. He said, no, I'm just waiting for them to repent. I'm just waiting for them to turn from how they've been doing it and invite me back in. There was not one time in the 42 years that Saul was king that it ever shows him getting down on his knees and repenting. He kept moving in his pride until the point where he killed himself. And some people be like, why would God leave him in power? If David's the new king, get him in that boy, because God's so grace-filled. That he'll leave you in a place that you disqualified yourself for trying to give you an opportunity to re-enter back into your calling. And there are people in this room that think they've done too much, but I want to introduce you to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It said, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anybody to be destroyed. He does not want anybody to be whited out. He does not want it, but he wants everyone to repent. He wants us to turn. So disobedience disqualifies you from your mark, but repentance remarks you. I want to pray for everybody in this room but I need you to come to grips with where you're at. If there's an area of your life that you know that looks like the characteristics of Saul, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to pray. If you've been moving in pride, you've been doing partial obedience this is not for everybody. If you're watching online, you don't got to stand up because of guilt but there's some people in here that really need prayer right now. Why don't you lift your hands all over this building? Father, here we are. Father, we know we're marked by you. But Father, it's a fine line between David and Saul. Father, it's the same anointing. It's the same mantle. It's the same calling. But it's about how we steward what you have given us. And today, Father, we repent. We repent in this place for viewing ourselves not like you viewed us. We repent, Father God, for walking in pride in our position, our rank, our finances, our family. Father God, forgive us for being partially obedient. For not doing everything you said. Today, Father, we repent. And we're coming back to you. And Father God, forgive us for looking to the left and the right to what others were doing when you've called us for greatness in our lane. I declare that there is repentance going on all over this place. Father God, I thank you that you're doing a work on us from the inside out. Come on, somebody say, I repent. Come on, and you know what it's for. Say what it's for, God. I repent for being selfish. I repent, Father God, for not cutting off that relationship. I repent, Father, for watching those things. I repent. I don't want to be whited out of my purpose, God. Mark us again Mark us for the first time Remark us God And we will be careful to give you all the glory All the honor and all the praise In Jesus name Will you give God a shout of praise in this building right now